Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you are joining me for this podcast, wherever you may be. This is episode 163. I want to do something a little bit backwards in this podcast. The title of the podcast is Why Being Quick to Speak is Critically Biblical. You know what James says. He says, do not be quick to speak. In fact, in James 1.19, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, we know what James means in that verse of Scripture because we don't want to take that to mean we should never say anything There are times we need to be instant, we need to be ready, we need to be quick to speak. We had this conversation on our Mastermind Forum just last week, and I want to share with you in part what I shared with them, and I've added a little bit more to it in this podcast, so I hope that you'll benefit too. We have forums on our website. I called them Mastermind Forums. They are private forums that nobody can access but our students And so it's our students, it's me, we're interacting with each other, and it's where we have private conversations about all things. It's part of how I serve them. I need to have a place to interact with them to talk about different things that's going on in their lives. And so we have a private forum that you do not know about, that you do not have access to, that you have not seen, and that's where we chit-chat. Yeah, they do homework and they do a lot of other projects through their program, but it is critical that we are building community with each other, that we are interacting with each other. And so I was talking with one of our students last week. I got on to him a few weeks ago about a lack of responsiveness on the forum, and that's where this conversation here uh, that's where it was. That's where it came from. And so I was commending him and encouraging him because he was walking out repentance. He's not taking a back seat when it comes to forum interaction. He is becoming more engaging, and that is critical. And as I was commending him, I shared some of the things that I'm going to share with you. But the big idea that I shared with him is why being quick to speak is critically biblical. Now, if you want to read my notes for episode 163, you're welcome to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. This is the Life Over Coffee podcast. This episode 163, the title is Why Being Quick to Speak is Critically Biblical. The reason it's critically biblical is because being a good discipler implies you must be a talker. God is a speaking God, and if he he was passive or if he was an introvert, we wouldn't have his word. We know as we read about the Lord's interaction with his people throughout the Old Testament, we know that he was not shy, but he engaged people when it was necessary. Jesus was the same way. He did pull away at appropriate times. He did take time to himself to be quiet. He did have quiet time. But it's also true that he was engaging and intrusive in people's lives. You cannot counsel well. You cannot disciple anyone well if you do not talk. That's common sense. 
And sometimes we can interpret James wrong where he does implore us not to be quick to speak, but it is important that we understand what James is talking about. He's talking about foolish impulsivity. He's not talking about not talking. And so we want to make sure that we think about this rightly and we don't want to hide behind facades and we don't want, you know, some folks will say, I'm not a talker. Well, I'm one of those folks too. And I had to learn the biblical word for what I just said. I had to learn is the word repent. I had to repent. I had to learn that if I do not talk or do not engage the community, I cannot imitate the intrusive communicative aspect of the gospel in my life or help others effectively. In short, I would not be a, a good discipler. Now, just let me give you a big caveat here. I'm not talking about the impulsivity that James was talking about. I'm not talking about the person who walks into a room mouth first. I'm not talking about that person that you've had this person, right? The, the individual is sitting there listening to you, but you know that they are not listening. And they're getting ready to say something, and what they're thinking about is not what you're saying, but they're thinking about what they want to say to you. I'm not talking about that person either. Or perhaps you've met the individual in the small group who always has to say something. I'm not talking about that person either. I'm talking about redemptive communication that builds people up. If you true, this is the other centered nature of the gospel. And so I'm talking about being other centered, not self-centered. The self-centered person enters the room first. The self-centered person is thinking about what they want to say rather than listening. The self-centered person always has something to say. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about this other-centered aspect or facet of the gospel. Always esteeming others more than you esteem yourself. And if you're doing that, or the two great commandments in Matthew 22, love God and love others. And if you are doing that, you're going to be ready. You want to help them and you will speak appropriately. Like what Paul said in Ephesians 5, uh, 4.29, rather, that our communication is building up. And so we see a person in need. And because of the the other-centered aspect of the gospel, we, we want to jump in there appropriately, biblically. We don't want to sit back. Too often in small group, what happens because there's 10 or 15 people in the room, everybody just sits back because somebody else is going to say something. It's kind of a false humility. No, you need to say something. Share what God is doing on your heart. Use your language to build up other people. Let me share with you a, a perversion of what I'm talking about when it comes to being quiet. This is a low light. I have a lot of low lights in my life, and this is one of my low lights when my children were smaller I pastored a church for five years, and I'm not going to get into how hard that was. I'll just say it was incredibly hard. Uh, all the pastors who pastor well, and they're trying uh, to pastor well, it is a hard, hard job. And so I had a day off, which was really not a day off. But that being said, I had a day off, which was Monday. When my children were smaller, I used to play the 
I call it the beached well game, like a big old well lying on the beach. And I would play the beach well game with my children. And this was my way of entertaining them while I slept on the couch on my day off from work. What I was really doing is I was sleeping. And my children were smaller, and so I called it the beached well game. And they would jump on me and pull me and prod me. And it wasn't hard because they were so tiny. And I could get some quick naps in. I wasn't engaging my children. And, of course, as they were getting older and bigger and more jumpier, I realized I can't play this game forever. I'm going to have a broken rib but before it, one of them broke my rib, it, that didn't happen. But before that, I repented, and I realized that I can't hide behind this passivity, that I need to engage my children. I need to be with them. I need to be in the game with them, not being passive. This is just one illustration of I would hide behind this idea of passivity rather than engaging them. I had an opportunity. They wanted to be with me, and they didn't have a lot of time to be with me because I was working. And so on my day off, rather than making it more about me and hiding behind whatever it is I was using as excuses, I needed to repent and engage Another illustration, a different type, was when I was dating Lucia. I broke up with Lucia while we were dating because being around her was a challenge to be social, meaning Lucia is a, is a pleasantly social individual uh, who loves talking, loves engaging with people appropriately. She, she's not one to lead with her mouth, but in conversation, she can carry a conversation. She's very comfortable within her own skin, loves engaging with people and being in social context. And while we were dating, I understood this. I saw this. It was very clear. And I have always been an introvert. I've always called myself an introvert. And I realized that if I'm going to date this girl, possibly marry this girl, she is going to put me in places that are going to be challenging, that I'm going to be uncomfortable. And I'm talking about social context. So what did, what did I do? I broke up with her. It was better to break up with Lucia than to be with her because I didn't want to be pushed out of my my carefully self-controlled box of introversion. Now you know how that story went, and thank God he overwhelmed stupidity. <laughs> God, uh, he worked it out. That's another story, and we got back together, and we got married. But after marriage, I told Lucia that she would have to be in charge of our social calendar. I told her that if I was in charge of our social calendar, we would not go anywhere. I've always been the kind of person who would prefer to sit in the corner of a room with a book, just me and my book. I never felt the need to engage people. I've never felt the need to be around people. I've always felt comfortable with books or other forms of entertainment. But I knew as God was bringing me to a place of repentance that I couldn't hide behind that pseudo-spirituality. Oh, look at him. He is so spiritual. He is spending time with God 
reading his book, reading his Bible, memorizing scripture. He's such a spiritual person. Well, there's an element of that that might be true, but there's an element of it that is hogwash. Uh, That's biblical speak for a bunch of bull. I was hiding behind what I was comfortable with doing, and so I told Lucia that you need to be in charge of our social gatherings. But I also said that if you're in charge of the social calendar, uh, please understand, for the first while, it will not be a pleasant experience for you. You'll be engaging people in the social context, and I will be the knot on the log sitting over there somewhere, not enjoying myself. But I knew I had to repent. I knew that God had to do a work in my heart. And the Lord did change me in time and gave me a great love for people. I love people. I love being with people. And if people have interacted with us socially, they know that engaging people and being in the conversation is very important to me. But that took a lot of repentance. It was so easy, though. In the beginning, many years ago, to hide behind this mantra of introversion, even saying that, you know, this is the way God made me. Well, sure, God may have made me this way, and maybe there were many shaping influences that came into my life. For example, I can tell you this, if you're yelled at all of your childhood, basically, which is what happened With me, with my father, you learn to take a lower position. You learn not to initiate. You learn not to engage, not to put yourself out there. And you just train yourself that way. And I was well trained not to engage. But then when I came to the gospel, when God regenerated me, I began to see that there's another Uh, There's another way to live, and it was hard, but through God's mercy and His grace, transformation has happened. And so you want to make sure that you are appropriately engaging people, that you are intrusive in people's lives. This is episode 163, Why Being Quick to Speak is Critically Biblical. Appropriate initiative in communication is an aspect of the gospel. The gospel initiates. The gospel is intrusive. God so loved the world that he initiated, that he became intrusive, that Jesus Christ intruded our world. He came into our world to penetrate our lives. The gospel is always seeking how to penetrate lives. The gospel is not passive that way. The gospel doesn't sit back and wait for someone else to take the lead. This kind of intentionality is one of the core things that I look for in our students. Our students turn in a lot of homework during their program, and that homework is critical. But I look at more things than a student's homework. I look at the student and how they interact. And we have multiple context, venues, aspects in which they can interact in different ways with different people through different means. And one of those things that I look at is the intentionality of our students. Who are the students that are pushing themselves out there appropriately, biblically, not impulsively, not without self-control? The student who inserts himself or inserts herself 
and resist the temptation to sit back in their passivity is the student that will flourish in our program. And they will be the ones that flourish after our program. Now, again, I'm talking about biblical communication, not the person who lacks self-control in that they do not know how to tame their tongues. James also said in 3.8, earlier I quoted to you 119 about being quick to hear, slow to speak. And I'm flipping that around and saying we should be quick to speak in the most biblical way. But James is not talking about impulsivity. As he said in 3.8, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You see, there's another kind of self-control when a student resists the temptation to be silent. Let me say it this way. The impulsive person needs self-control to harness the tongue. The introvert person needs self-control to harness their passivity, to keep their passivity at bay. The always-talking person needs to keep their tongue at bay. The always-quiet person needs to keep their passivity at bay, and they need to get out there and start talking. Passive people don't make the best disciplers. Now, can they disciple? Yes, of course they can disciple. Don't send me that email. But they are not maximizing all of the grace that God has for them. It's like a cup that is half full. Can they disciple? Yeah, half full. Are they maximizing all that God has given to them? No. God can do so much more if they will open their mouths more and stop hiding behind excuses or determinism, genetic determinism. God made me this way. And they, they make their excuses for their lack of engagement by saying things like, I'm not a talker. I never met a, a non-talker who did not enjoy talking about something. You'll find the talking, uh, the non-talker who is passionate about something if you spend enough time with them. A person impassioned for Christ and loves people will resist the temptation to keep quiet about Christ because they want to help people. A person that doesn't talk, that, that pursues quietness and doesn't engage people appropriately is a person that isn't impassioned for Christ and doesn't love people the way that they should. They need to repent and stop hiding. The best disciples are always leaning forward, looking to engage the community. It's the person who is all in with the counselee. He's thinking, reflecting, and ready to speak into this person's life. He can't help himself from getting involved. And so as the counselee is talking, 
I mean, you've seen those type of people. Like they, they listen well, and you can tell that they are listening well because they want to listen well. They want to hear exactly what you're saying because they want to formulate well-sounded, biblical, reasoned thoughts that they are ready to engage you with, but they know that the precursor for their communication has to be listening well, and you can see them thinking. You can see them reflecting. It's not like the person that I was describing earlier. You can see them thinking about what they want to say next, and sometimes they even speed you up. You you feel that in your own soul because they're about ready to say something, and you don't. they don't give you that space and that grace to be able to communicate. But the engaging communicator will do that, but they will only do that after they have heard you well. They cannot help themselves from getting involved. The love of God could not keep Christ from injecting himself into our messes, and good disciples always want to insert themselves It would do well to read the four Gospels and read the four Gospels as you think about this idea and you see Jesus' lack of fear of man. You see his lack of passivity, his lack of introversion. He was always ready. And he said many hard things with compassion, but yet with courage. And that is the kind of life we want to emulate. I'm not saying that you can't disciple if you don't put yourself out there. But there is no question that being the type of person that I am describing, it is a distinct leadership, uh, leadership gift for good disciples. I have led different small groups for many years now, and I have observed this lack of engagement in small group meetings. It typically, it'll go like this. The leader will ask a question, and when he asks the question, the group will look down into their Bibles or look at their notes, and they're not ready with an answer. Now, many times the question is something like, well, what did you get out of the sermon? Now, let's say that the sermon was preached on Sunday and small group is on Wednesday night. You've had almost three days to think about to process this sermon. Actually, you have had three days from, from Monday noon, Tuesday noon, to Wednesday noon, to Wednesday night. You had more than three days to process this sermon. <laughs> and the leader says, what did you get out of the message tonight? And everybody looks down and doesn't say anything. There's something wrong with it. It's a, it's a weird passivity for a group of people who claim to have the most important message in the world. Now, let me give this caveat again, because this is what some people will hear, and I don't want you to hear this. I don't want you to hear impulsivity. I don't want you to hear foolish talking. I don't want you to hear the person who just fills up the room because they just have to talk. But I'm talking about well-reasoned, reflective ideas And that they have to share these things because of the love of God that's in their soul and their desire to build up other people. As I tell my students, the talking and engaging student will learn the most. 
For those of you who may be thinking about our program, there are many people that are doing that as they read our materials on our site about our mastermind program, and they think, well, you know, would this be a good idea for me? Is it a good idea for me at this time in life? Well, this is one of the things that I want you to know, not just you who are prospective students, but our current students now. The talking and engaging student will learn the most. They'll make the most mistakes. But who cares? Like, seriously, who cares? We don't have a punitive program, and we're not punitive toward our students. I had This is the thing that I, I love so much about Peter in Matthew 14. Let's say that there are 12 people on a boat, and Jesus is out on the water, and he asked Peter, or he said, Peter, come to me. Peter is the one that got out of the boat. Did he sink down in the water? Did he sink down in the sea? Well, yes, he did. But Peter had a supernatural experience with God that night that nobody else on that boat did have because he was willing to step out in faith because he believed that that was Christ. That's what he said. He said, if that is you, bid me to come unto you. Many times we ding at Peter because of his impulsivity, and there is an appropriate time to ding Peter for his impulsivity, but not there. He was stepping out in faith. He had a supernatural experience with God. Did he make a mistake? Well, yeah, he got his eyes off Christ. He looked at the wind and the waves, and he became afraid, and he was sinking down in the water. But he did the miraculous because he wanted to engage God where God wanted him to engage him. The talking and engaging student will learn the most. They will make the most mistakes. But who cares? In the end, they will learn the most. The quiet student. The quiet student always remains in control. The quiet student is the self-sufficient student. The quiet student is the student that stays on the boat. They are selfish and self-limiting. They are selfish because they're thinking about themselves rather than what could happen if they stepped out in faith. They are self-limiting because they never have this supernatural experience with God. They don't have the opportunity to trust God because they never get out of the boat. The quiet student is always in control. It's the self-sufficient, self-reliant person who has to manage their universe because they're unwilling to trust God in the moment and step out and potentially experience the miraculous. And by the way, when you do make a mistake, when you do fail, and so like someone is is suffering and you say the wrong word, you say the wrong thing. This happens so often. And what we will do is that we disqualify ourselves before we ever say anything and we end up not saying anything. It would be far better to say something and then engage that. And if it's inappropriate, you can Ask for forgiveness, and you can deepen that relationship with that person even through the mistake. And not only does that relationship become deeper, but you learn. 
the passive person, the introvertish person, they won't grow because they won't risk anything. This is episode 163, Why Being Quick to Speak is Critically Biblical. If you would like to talk (laughs) about this, you're welcome to do that. Come to our website and talk. Insert yourself, and we will insert ourselves back at you, and we will have dialogue, and we'll work through this. All of us struggle with fear to varying degrees. It's a part of our Adamic makeup. And I wanted to bring this idea of fear, which if it goes unabated, well, the fear can can morph into passivity. Passivity can be labeled as introversion. And then we end up self-limiting ourselves because we, we move ourselves away from gospel initiative, from a gospel-centered perspective on communication. And at the end of the day, it doesn't help our relationships. We end up hurting each other through our passivity and lack of engagement, and we don't get to explore all that we can be relationally and all that we can be as we experience God actively working in our lives. Oh, to talk to Peter about that dark and stormy night when he was sinking down in the water and had a supernatural experience with God because he decided to take a risk. If you're one of those people that prefers to sit on the boat of introversion, listen to my appeal. And then not only listen, but respond to it. Episode 163. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.